everybody. Welcome to the Bookshelf Sisters podcast for 2022. The first book we're going to discuss this year is Ace of Spades by Freda ABK Ebede. We were going to discuss this at the end of last year, but time ran away with us a bit. So we're starting the year on a book that we read some time ago. So uh, we've had to revisit it a little bit and collect our thoughts together. Yeah, but it's well worth a revisit. And it's about time we talked about it, because I think it's quite an interesting book to talk about. So I'm going to start out with giving a little summary of a plot. Thank you, Christina. This book is set in a school, in a quite posh school. Chiamaka and Devon are the only two black kids in their senior year in an American private school. Chiamaka is rich, popular, high-achieving student planning to go to Yale to do medicine. Devon is poor, with no friends, but a talent for music. But they both have secrets, and soon everyone begins to find out what they are when they're targeted by an anonymous texter going by the name of Aces. The book tells the story of what they do as their lives begin to fall apart and their gradual realisation of who or what behind what is happening to them. Yes, I think that's a very good summary. We both listened to a little interview with uh, Fredia, um, which was interesting with her talking about the type of book she wanted to write and a little bit about the setting, because although it's in America, she basically said that she felt it could be set anywhere. Um, it's not a real school or a real situation, but it's just a... She said it's almost like a fantasy academy. But obviously with the sort of recognisable parts, more of American uh, educational setup rather than the UK educational setup. A bit like a, a horror version of Hogwarts. <laughs> Indeed, with less magic. <laughs> She's in fact English herself and she um, went to school in London somewhere and her school was almost the opposite of Nevis academy in that it was mainly black pupils but she lived in a a less wealthy area and very close by was the more wealthy area where it was almost totally white UK students that attended so she was trying to sort of use some of her experience she's since then gone to Scottish University so also taking perhaps some of the the sort of old-fashionedness and grandeur of a, a sort of traditional academic you know institution I think. She went to Aberdeen which is where my partner Doug went and the thing I really liked about her account of uh, writing the story was what one I really hate these people that wrote their stories and got published when they're at university because <laughs> I've, I've come across quite a few recently. And um, But anyway, what I liked about her account of this was that um, she's, she's a Muslim and she doesn't drink. So she had time to write the book because a lot of the culture in probably Scotland in general and Aberdeen in particular is quite based around drinking. So that gave her the time to uh, actually write her novel. So I think if I'd drunk less at university, I might today be a writer. (laughs) 
Oh, no, no regrets, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not really. <laughs> yeah, so I think that there was little bits of that. With Doug, was uh, your partner Doug sort of agree with the type of setting or not? I mean, was it quite an old-fashioned university? It's one of the older universities in, in Scotland, certainly. I think it has a number of libraries and things like that, which you see in this book. And I'm sure it has a lot of traditions but um, I have been up to Aberdeen once, but I can't really remember much about the university. <laughs> the other thing she said that was quite interesting is she does a lot of internet sort of browsing on, on sort of scandalous stories. So I think as well she picked up some of her ideas from that. She really likes mystery stories and she wanted to write a mystery story where, where there were, as well as people of colour... There was also, um, you know, queer people as central characters, which I think she did that very well, because although they're, I think one of them's gay, one of them's bi, but although that sort of was a feature of the book, it, it wasn't what the book was about, and it, it occurred quite naturally in there, except, you know, the only thing that, that made it a bit of a problem was that, it was more of an issue perhaps for the pouring person than it was for someone who was wealthy. Yeah, I think Devon um, had, a, because he came from a the culture of where he lived, there was a lot of uh, homophobia, anti-gay sentiments, which he had to deal with. So he wasn't himself conflicted about being gay. That was just part of him. But he did have, he had, he had to deal with the fact that he's, best friend was homophobic so I thought yeah I thought those issues were discussed well and as you say they weren't really issues they were just part of the people and they have complex relationships that aren't defined by their sexual preferences so I felt that was handled very well. I think it was quite a gripping read and I I feel that some of the way that it, it sort of talked about current issues and things I felt a little bit not connected with that because I am a different generation. And unfortunately, in our book club, we didn't have any, we didn't have the younger teenage readers reading it because it wasn't really appropriate for them. And our other sort of young adult has just gone away to university, so she didn't have time to read it either. So we didn't get that input, which would have been very interesting to have. For, for this discussion because it does seem to have attracted a lot of good publicity and it certainly been nominated I think it actually received a Books on My Bag award um, it received one award for the thriller of 2022 or young adult book of 2022 didn't you say that because it was it first published by Osborne and then got picked up in America or, or was it the other way around but... yes no, I think it was that way round, actually. So it's had a big following in America as well as in the UK. And whether that's because of the the American setting, which if it was, it's very clever that she said it in, in America. It probably helped, yeah. So so you felt it worked, worked quite well as a thriller then, Mary, did you? I did, I did. I don't know that I was really expecting it to necessarily be a thriller. I did want to find out what was happening all of it. But I was looking at some of the issues of, um, you know, the race in particular, which uh, is a big feature of it, really. 
and you know how society often often uh, treats well institutional racism which I, I always get the impression it's possibly worse in America, but I don't know because I think it is quite subtle in this country too. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Chris. Well, I hadn't really thought about comparing the two countries, but I guess given that um, Farida is British, she's probably speaking as much from a British perspective as, as an American one. When I was rereading the book, I thought that the two main characters, Devon and Chiamaka, were representing two extremes of how people deal with being a racial minority. So Chiamaka tries to prove that she's better than everyone else and Devon retreats into his own world and tries to ignore the school and everything around him. And I also thought it came up with some interesting examples of the kind of um, in covert racial prejudice that um, affects um, black kids or other racial minorities. So I thought one interesting one was that Devon's best friend accused him of getting into the private school on affirmative action. So he says, uh, so Jack thinks that he has to work twice as hard as Devon because Devon's being favoured on affirmative action. And Devon just says, I want to tell him that people like him, boys with white skin, they never work twice as hard. Boys like him don't have to cry the weight of generations and generations of hate and discrimination. So I thought that was quite a a strong point in the book. And then there's a whole thing with Chiamaka about her having to straighten her hair. Uh, Not because she, she says, I don't straighten my hair because I hate it. I straighten it because everyone else hates it for me. The hair's a reminder that she's not white and that she's some kind of other. And I think that was quite a a strong point as well. The one thing that did worry me in the book was that there was not one single positive representation of a white character. And the message of the book seemed to be that you can't trust any white people, which I think is not a great one for, you know, building future relationships between people of different race. So that was that was the element that disquieted me. I think Belle was the closest to a sympathetic white character. I think she certainly scored on the feminist front, but she did do a bit of race fails. And then she was dropped as a character. I would have liked for her to come back into the story a bit more. I think for me, if I were the editor of a book, I would have put in, just suggested that there could be one point at which a white person didn't let them down. But maybe that's not the point of a book. So it's race is definitely a big feature of a book, as you say. Uh, And it is obviously part of the mystery as well in how, you know, what happens going forward. I also like the theme of buried memories that um, we seem to have for both of them. So Devon forgets who um, Terrell is and Chiamaka forgets what happens to a party. And I, I, I just like that's kind of this whole uh, dark secrets, dark academia thing that's going on in it. And I really like all of that. It's just making it a bit more interesting and a little bit more gothic and horror, horror inflected. And and the other thing, something that I think one of our other book group 
sort of mentioned was about how they both didn't want to disappoint their parents. I read it a bit more as Devon had a very practical need because his mother was spending a lot of money to keep him at the school, so he wanted to make sure he did well. Uh, Chiraka didn't say... I thought it was less about her parents, except obviously she had a point to prove. She's mixed race, Italian and uh, African, and apparently her father's Italian family did not accept the marriage, so she's kind of got to prove herself almost to her own father in some ways. I was looking at the book club discussion questions that you get to talk about people. I think they're very schooly. I wouldn't actually use these in the discussion. For example, at the start of the novel, she describes her relationships as transactions, whereas Devon believes he has true relationships with Jack and Drew, uh, Andre or whatever his name is. How does this change for both throughout the novel and what do they learn about their relationships? It's just a bit deep to get everybody going. I mean, I might take some ideas from it. I did like the writing style. I thought it was quite sort of smart and punchy and there were quite a lot of good lines in it. Um, I was going to put a quote from one. So I love chemistry, biology and physics so much I could marry the subjects and have this huge polygamous family. And there's lots and lots of pop culture references to mainly to um, film and TV stuff. It was written in a very accessible style, but kind of draws you in. So the only the only bits of a style I didn't like, and I, I remember telling you that was a bit about the eye rolling. What I didn't like was, was some of the ways it, it was expressed made me just see their eyes being literally rolled. So it's got this bit that says, my eyes really, really want to roll at her. And I roll my eyes at him with a smile. <laughs> but in general, it works really well. It's structured in a way where you get one chapter from Chiamaka and one chapter from Devon and they see things from very different viewpoints. They did converge eventually. I, th- I thought it took quite a long time for them to converge, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing because they, they both had different stories to tell. But what it left for me was a feeling that they didn't have enough time to get to know each other properly. So even... Even towards the end, I felt they kind of still despised each other a bit. And that I found a little bit disconcerting. And in some ways, it's strength of a book because you would think that, you know, the obvious playbook for this is that you have two characters who are totally different from each other. And then they end up uh, coming together and having a relationship. And because we get right from the beginning that, Devon is gay and um, so they're not it's not going to be a romance between the two of them so it keeps it a little bit more um, grounded in a way just felt that I would have liked to see a little bit more of warming towards each other during it but there probably wasn't enough time to be fair Uh, the other thing I would say is that personally I was not that interested in a lot of Devon's story. I thought maybe he had too much story. Perhaps he, there was very many aspects to his life that he was struggling with and perhaps there were too many of those thrown in. I love school stories and 
Um, but I'm very much more interested in girls' school stories than boys' school stories. I, I'd have been happy with a book that had entirely Chimucker in it. I really loved Devon's story. I thought that it was probably more realistic than Chimaka's. In some ways, maybe there was that he did have too many problems, but that just sounded quite real. So I think it worked really well. I was just going to say another thing, which is <laughs> you'll be you'll be you'll be pleased to hear that I finally read the Gilded Ones. <laughs> I really liked it. So this is by a book by Namina Formner, which we might discuss properly one time. But just what I wanted to say about it in relation to this one was that Namina managed to write a really strong feminist book about. Uh, patriarchal misogynistic societies but she's managed to put in some male characters who were who were good so it can be done our next book that we are going to be talking about is theatrical by maggie harcourt this is a very different read to uh, ace of spades but a lot more light-hearted but a sort of fun novel that most of us have read over christmas I read theatrical quite a long time ago, so I'm going to have to reread it before I can discuss it. So it gave me time to read The Gilded Ones, so that, so that was good. So for the moment, I will say goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Until next time. Mm-hmm.